Welcome to another episode of St. Joseph's Workshop. Today we will be exploring the importance of lifelong faith formation and what ongoing conversion looks like. Welcome to St. Joseph's Workshop, building the church at home, a place where faith and family meet. I'm Emily Lugo. Each episode, I'm joined by someone from our community as we reflect on strengthening the domestic church. Join us as we enter St. Joseph's Workshop. To help me break open this theme, I am blessed to have parishioner James Jamie Kaufman join me today. Jamie is actively involved in the Reach More Missionary Discipleship Training Program, as well as volunteers with marriage preparation here at St. Joseph. He is often utilized to give formation presentations within the parish, and he also serves as a lecturer for the Knights of Columbus, as well as is on the leadership team for the Upper Room Men's Ministry. In addition to that long list of volunteer jobs at our parish, he also is the RCIA director at St. Anthony's Catholic Church in Wiley. I'm thrilled to hear his perspective on lifelong faith formation and ongoing conversion. Jamie, welcome. Thank you very much, Emily. I'm delighted to be here, and I'm delighted to, to be a member of St. Joseph's Parish for the last two years. Yeah, you know, I, I guess I didn't realize how many things that you were involved with until I tried to read it. Yeah. <laughs> it is a lot. And, and you know, it's really surprising because there are so many things that you're involved with here at the parish, and obviously you work at another Catholic church. But from what I understand, you have not always been a Catholic and um, are actually a convert, I, as of how how long has it been since you've converted into the Catholic faith? I gave my life to Christ April third, nineteen ninety nine. Wow. So it's been a while. Wow. Well, before we dive into this topic, I would love to hear about that conversion experience, if you don't mind sharing it. Sure, I'd love to. So, um, I grew up in California, born and raised there, um, and not a religious family. My parents were wonderful. I'm the second youngest of six, um, but we were not religious. I think I can remember going to church twice in my life before I was an adult. Wow. Um, one was for, uh, we had a Pentecostal, I didn't know at the time, a Pentecostal neighbor, and they invited me to a VBS. Okay. And so we had uh, the blue-haired ladies telling us Jesus loves us and paint a picture. <laughs> and So I went, and um, it was fine. It didn't leave an impact on me other than I can't remember going. And then um, my sister, um, a little bit older than I am, she got married in 19 um, to... Uh, a uh, gentleman and his, so her father-in-law was the pastor at a Presbyterian church. So I remember distinctly them getting married and that was it. So that would be my experience of God. My parents, again, nice people, but God was not on the scene. We're anti-religious, but we just didn't register at all. Wow. And so what changed? What was the moment that things started to to change within your heart or your mind? Or? Yeah. <laughs> so fast forward, I'm 22 and um, in college. And I meet um, a woman, and uh, it turns out she was a cradle Catholic. Of course, and, uh, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so uh, delightful, just a, a beautiful woman. Matter of fact, uh, the twenty sixth of June, we celebrate forty years of marriage. Oh, congratulations! So, yeah, thank you. Wonderful. Um, so um, we met her, proposed in four months. Nine months later, we were married. Um, and so she said to me, "I know you may not." ever convert. You may never become Catholic or even a Christian. Um, however, um, I would love it if we could, we have kids that you could go to church with us. Mm-hmm. And so when I was dating her, I would go to church with their family. And so I saw that those like, right? The big, the, again, she's from six kids family. We go to brunch afterwards. And so I thought, oh, I can do that at, at minimum. Well, I didn't have to worry about that. It was a kick to can. That was something right down the road. 
Um, so fast forward to 1998. Long time. 16 so, years. Okay, so you'd been married for 16, 16 years. 16 years. Two okay. kids. And going to church throughout that time no. with her? No. Oh. Not at all. I, I <laughs> so you read didn't keep that promise. <laughs> well, no, I said when the kids became of age. Okay. Right. We'd start going together as a family. So now we had kids, young, okay. um, living in Southern Indiana. She said, well, I think it's about time they're old enough to go to church. I said, okay, well, we'll start going. And so I don't think I'd been to Mass. And we did get married in a church, St. Felicitas Parish in uh, San Leandro, California. Um, but I hadn't been in the church probably since then. Okay. And so... Um, and I, I'm, so she's, we started going. And I remember the second time I went, people were coming up for communion. <clears throat> and that really changed everything for me because <clears throat> I had to sort of confront what was going on. And I thought, okay. So I asked her, well, I kind of knew the idea. And she said, we believe that's the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, changed by the priest, right? And we're taking him in. I remember pausing, thinking, Either one of two things, you guys are all nuts mm -hmm. or something's going on here uh, that I need to explore. I knew she wasn't nuts. Right? <laughs> and so I said, okay. And so uh, it just so happens God works in interesting ways. Um, a friend of mine who I'd gone to graduate school with happened to reenter my life. And I didn't know at the time. He was a lapsed Catholic. He had been divorced but, uh, and then just could have left the faith. But he knew his faith really, really well. And so he was a revert. Okay. And when he came back, he just happened to come in my life just about that same time, moved into the town I was living in, southern Indiana. I had questions. And he was the perfect person um, to, uh, to talk with me at that time because he could answer all my questions. So I shocked my wife by saying I wanted to join RCIA. Wow. She had no idea what was going on. And so it was like drinking from a fire hose, though, to be with Ed Rowley. Interestingly, Ed ended up, uh, moving and taking a job at uh, Texas A&M Kingsville. He's a professor there. He just recently retired, but he also became a deacon uh, and led the diaconate uh, program there for years until he retired from that. So I was very, very lucky to, to find a man of uh, great faith and, and knowledge um, and wisdom. Um, so he was terrific. And so wow. ended up coming into the church. Yeah. Now, let me ask you, so yeah. you mentioned that you came back when your kids were a little bit older. So yeah. did you receive your sacraments before they did or at the same time? At the same time. They were getting, my oldest boy was getting uh, first communion. Okay. Oh, what a joy. What yeah. a beautiful gift. It was. So, you know, and it's so amazing to me in my experience working in the church, I've seen that the people who go through the RCIA program are normally on fire for the Lord. So much more than us cradle Catholics who we just kind of take it for granted, this faith that we've been born into. But for the people who have gone through the RCIA, because there's that inquiry phase and right. that searching and seeking, and if they decide to go through with it, it's because they're ready to make that commitment. Absolutely. And obviously that's so apparent with all that you do here at the church. Um, and I understand that you also went back and got your master's after that. I did. So here's the... Uh, other uh, tremendous blessing. So uh, I'm in the church, let's say two years in Southern Indiana and uh, we moved over to Louisville, Kentucky, which is in stone's throw from where we're living in. Um, and I joined a men's group. And the first thing we did was uh, we went on a field trip. This was like a Wednesday night, uh, the Abbey of Gethsemane where Thomas Merton is from. Um, or he was formed there and was there for how many years, 20 or 30 years. Um, that's an hour from Louisville. So we went there. 
And that's the first time I've been to a monastery. It's a Trappist monastery. Fascinating place. Wow. these That impressed me too because here are men who give up everything and work and pray for us. And I thought, wow, this is, this is amazing. And what uh, self-sacrifice for them. But they were living in great joy. The second time we went on to a sort of a field trip um, was to St. Meinrad, um, which is a Benedictine arch abbey about an hour from Louisville. And so we go there for retreats and different things. And probably I'm 64 now, probably my late 50s, I said, you know, I should start taking theology classes. I'm fascinated with learning and fascinated with the faith. And I saw the monks there and the seminarians have about 120 men in formation. So you get to chat with them occasionally. So I started taking classes, not thinking I'd get a degree. I'm just fascinated with learning and theology. And uh, so bumped along and... Sooner or later, I, and then we decided to move here, um, quite frankly, not knowing anybody. I won't go into that long story, but I was very confident. I quit my job, retired early, um, but I knew if I came to, to a, a place with a great parish, um, I'd be fine. In fact, when we inter- she interviewed, we came to this parish on a Friday morning. She interviewed Wednesday. We came here and looked around, and we just had a, a feel of a presence here. It was very powerful, and we knew if we got a job here, this is where we would come, and sure enough, we did. And so I finished my degree in May, and then a job opened it for RCA, which I never thought I'd be doing, but I love it, absolutely love it. Wow. Well, you know, I think this is such a great testimony for you to share with us, especially based on our conversation, the theme of this podcast, which is lifelong faith formation and ongoing conversion. You had this conversion experience as an adult that just opened you up to the mystery of Christ present in the Eucharist. And of course, your love for faith formation, seeking knowledge, um, that inquisitiveness guided you to where you are today. And we don't expect that everyone out there is going to be coming, you know, working on a master's degree or working for the church, although that would be exciting and amazing. Um, But we do hope that they have that desire just to continue to learn about their faith. And I think it's something that we need to talk about for those who work in the church. It's this mantra that we have, you know, we want to try to somehow get it into the heads of our parishioners and our parents that it's not just about coming for formation to receive sacraments. It's this lifelong journey of faith. And if we stop at a second grade level of education or eighth grade level of education, you know, once we receive first communion or once we receive confirmation, we're not going to be ready for the world. You know, and I like to put it in perspective of what, you know, the world in looks like, you know, for any of us who, if we stopped our education at school on that level, there's no way that we'd be able to support our families or get a good job. You know, we need that foundation of education. And then even once we go through that, we need to pick, okay, what are we passionate about? Let's study more. Let's go to the university or trade school. And then we get a job and most jobs make people go to workshops and conferences and have ongoing, you know, formation because we can never stop learning to be more efficient and proficient in what we do. And even for people of all ages, apart from our profession, um, there are different ages and stages in life that call for learning. And I was thinking in particular about families who are maybe having a baby for the first time. I'm sure almost every single person who has ever been a parent has probably read the book, What to Expect When You're Expecting. You know, we, we need that knowledge to know the unknown. You know, how do we prepare ourselves for that? Or once you have your children, okay, how do I discipline them? 
parenting with love and logic. Um, I mean, it goes on and on for different stages of life, for owning a home, learning how to fix things on your own, whether you go to Home Depot or you watch videos on YouTube. It's just this constant part of life. But for some reason, people don't really equate that with our faith journey. So I thought maybe we can break that open and talk about that and the importance of it. And I would love to hear your perspective, especially as the RCIA director. And then maybe we can talk about some different resources that parents and families can use to help strengthen their faith relationship with God. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. So it has, for me, I I think coming to the faith as an adult uh, is different. I know my wife went, she was my RCIA sponsor and she went to Catholic school from kindergarten through 12th grade. And uh, she said, I learned more in RCA in a couple of months than I did probably in all that, in part because she forgot a lot, right? And she also had the mind of a child. And motivation makes a difference, too. You Mm -hmm. have to learn it. It's part of a curriculum, right? Um, So it wasn't terribly exciting. And I don't know what the instruction was like back then. Um, So I think coming as an adult with different motivation makes a big difference. Um, I sometimes would joke and say that, uh, becoming Catholic was my midlife crisis, right? In, in part because as you get older, you start thinking, oh, you know, this isn't going to last forever. You can hear, as they sometimes jokingly, you can hear the clock ticking. Mm-hmm. It's not forever, right? And you think, well, how am I going to live my life? What's the point? Um, that's helpful. But it, I think the notion of ongoing, I'm excited by the idea of ongoing conversion because Christ, you know, we're to conform ourselves to be Christ-like. That's what the Christian journey is all about. Um, and so how do we do that, right? How can we become the, 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 well, the mind of Christ, the hands of Christ, the heart of Christ? Uh, to be Christ-like requires formation. Because for me, it's like the analogy I use, perhaps it's a, a poor one, but it works for me, um, is to say, I remember growing up, Arnold Schwarzenegger was the big bodybuilder. And I remember him interviewed once, and talking about bodybuilders often have an image. They want to transform themselves to fit that image, that perfect image, the perfect physique. But to do that, if you talk with really good bodybuilders, they had to learn a lot about anatomy and physiology, about nutrition, about motivation, about how the mind works, et cetera. So for me, it's very similar um, in the sense that we want to transform ourselves to be Christ-like, right? Um, But we need to know how to do that. And that's the formation part comes in, um, how to pray. What happens when we're dry when we pray? What are the ways of thinking about the Eucharist, right, that helps us to understand the sacraments better and how we can maximize our, our, our growth spiritually? Um, so for me, formation is exciting, and I like to teach, and that's why I encourage people become a catechist, become an aide. You know, right? To teach is to learn twice. Right. So you want to learn your faith, start teaching it. Maybe if you don't feel comfortable, start with kids. You'll know more than a nine-year-old. Right, and as you get more and more proficient, you can learn. It's not that difficult. The church, the information is available. Um, you just have to want to learn that. And so, um, I'm still excited. You know, I've been at it for a while, and and I'm just getting started because I'm sure I know. Congratulations, you just finished a master's degree recently. Um, and I always feel like when you get the, a graduate degree, you're really rec- you really you recognize how little you know. Uh, yes, it's humbling. You think. <laughs> Oh, people say, well, you know so much. I think I, I know I know how little I know. Yes. Right. And I know a little bit about this subject and there's so much more. But that's also exciting. Yes. I have a whole lifetime to learn. Um, but with the goal, of course, becoming 
closer and closer to Christ, right? I like the idea of theosis, right? That Greek term that that divinization or deification. We're called ultimately to be Christ-like, so to share in that divine nature of God. We won't become God, but we share in his life if we can get to heaven. That's the body, blood, soul, and divinity at Mass. So the sacraments are critical, and how we think about it, too, makes a difference. So for me, that lifelong process is very exciting. Yeah, I really like that image that you gave of the bodybuilder. Um, I think that's something that we've talked about in the past about running, for instance. If you want to run a marathon, you can't just sign up and go. You have to train for it, and it's little by little, mile by mile. You're increasing your endurance and your ability to be able to make it to that goal. And I definitely feel that's the same way with our faith life, whether it's the learning aspect about the faith or even our prayer life, you know, with God, baby steps, you know, starting little, working out those spiritual muscles so that we can grow and continue to know him and be able to listen to know, okay, where next? Where is God calling me? Um, And the beautiful thing, as you said, with our faith is there's so many different facets that you can focus on. So whether you, you know, want to focus on scripture and Bible study and just really breaking it open, you know, gosh, there's so many different resources. You could even go and get your certificate from UD focusing on that. Or maybe you want to focus on the tradition of the church and the church fathers and how it developed. Or maybe you want to focus on moral teaching or Catholic social teaching. Or I mean, there's just so many different ways that we can really focus depending on our, our curiosity or maybe where we're weakest, where we feel like I'm in a conversation with a friend and I have no idea how to respond. Maybe that's a great starting point for right. learning right. more and diving in. Yeah. The thing I'm most excited about lately is and we'll talk about resources perhaps in a bit, but um, there's a group of people who are writing about the church history um, and talking about this movement of deification or sanctification. There's a process, and we can rely on, like the the mystics, for example, um, a long church tradition that's very ordered. So it's not just willy-nilly. If you want to, you can be on a sort of a plan, and they would— talk about them as rungs in the ladder toward mm-hmm. heaven. Uh, and so for prayer life, as an example, St. Teresa Avila said, you know, nine different kinds, steps of prayer, different stages of prayer. And we know there's a three-step process for spiritual development, right? And so then they talk about, there's lots of writers who will talk about that now. And most people aren't, I wasn't familiar with that. We didn't cover it necessarily in a master's degree in theology, but it's there and it's been around for a long time. So part of that is to say, where am I? I mean, you know, infancy, adolescence, or, you know, adulthood, or as we say, purgative, illuminative, or unitive, uh, these stages. And then you can pinpoint where you are and how you can move from stage to stage. Um, And so there's lots of different practices and things you can do, but it's nice, it's ordered. And the church actually is ordered toward that, right? Because to talk about metanoia, right? To turn around, conversion, it's turning away from sin and turning, turning toward God. And so if you think of the various seasons in the church, that's what partially it's doing. It's helping us toward deification. So it's fascinating. You start getting the big picture. Say, oh, this is ordered. So, yeah. And you can go on a path like that. And there are people who write about that. You know, I would like to, in a minute, dive into those resources because yeah. I think for adults— Sometimes they don't know where to begin. Right. So, you know, it's it's pretty easy if you open any bulletin at any church, you'll see information about children's faith formation programs, preparing for the sacraments, for First Communion, or even for confirmation. 
And for adults, I think that many, if they are not proactive, you know, they're caught up in just a busy life, being a parent, working, maybe you go to the church, you know, hopefully you go to the church on a weekly basis and you hear the Sunday homily. And that might be the extent of your formation as an adult, unless you get dragged into those parent meetings of formation, um, then maybe you're hearing things a little bit differently. But our adult faith formation system I would say probably systemically across the board is not as strong as we have it available for children and youth. They look different. You know, it's more of a menu where maybe we offer here and there a six week Bible study, or we bring in, you know, special speakers to come in for a parish Lenten mission or something else. I mean, it's there. I think in any church, if you look, there are opportunities, but for many people, if you don't know about it, you don't know to look for it. Right. So I'm just curious, like maybe let's talk about right now, what are some of the ways that people who are interested in seeking to grow their faith and understanding, they can do that, whether it's individually or communally? Right. Well, I'm not sure at St. Joseph's, but at um, St. Anthony's, I encourage people to come to RCIA. I don't care. It's about learning the faith. Um, matter of fact, I just got done teaching, co-teaching a class on holiness. As a matter of fact, I will be, be doing a presentation here at the parish in August, um, mid-August. I'll have to take a look at the date um, on the same thing. Right? So even Growing if they're not going through the process to become Catholic, you open it up to anybody. Absolutely, um, Because a lot of people are hungry. They don't know. They've forgotten their faith. Or maybe they never learned it. And so as my, I've used my wife as an example. She's sharp, but she just had forgotten. And so... It's interesting you, to be around converts, people who are converting into the faith and they're moti- hear their stories, and it motivates other people too. I think that's that's a, another benefit and real blessing for our CA. But at least at St. Anthony's, I just encourage anybody who would want to come to come. Mm-hmm. Just let me know so we have enough space, but that's about it. Um, so that's one way. Formed is a fantastic resource. It's underutilized. And I know we have it here at St. Anthony's. Most Catholic parishes have that. It's the... The, the Netflix of the Catholic world. Great way to put it. So for those of you who are listening, formed.org is a Catholic resource. Um, our parish has a subscription. If you open up our Sunday bulletin, you'll see the code in there and you get access to all of this great content and information for free. And I love that idea. It's a Netflix. There are movies on there. You can have a family, a family movie night, whether you want to watch like little ones, um, cartoons or actual documentaries on saints or fascinated ones. You could pick movies, but there are also actual faith formation, small group sharing platforms on there. Absolutely. We use symbol on, which is uh, for RCA. It's an introduction to the Catholic faith. It's beautifully shot. Um, and it covers the faith in maybe 20 episodes. You don't have to watch. You can pick and choose. Um, and that's a wonderful resource. We also use Beloved with right. for marriage ministry here. Um, and that that's also extremely well made. Um, and, and often people don't have my impression. Um, I didn't have a good, good notion of sacramental marriage, right? And it changes your diet dramatically how you think of marriage and your spouse um, whenever you come to it, right? So those are terrific resources, but there are also books, digital books, Kindle, um, The Devout Life, St. Francis de Sales, that's available. Wow. Free, right? Um, there are all kinds of things. So scripture study, reflections on the readings for the week, you name it, it's all there uh, and free. But part of it is just kind of get on there and start to look around. So I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. I had a, my first year at uh, as RCA, the director at St. Anthony's, I had a couple, a gentleman called me, actually the day we were going to start, which is September 1st, it would have been in 2020. Um, and he said, hey, I'm, I'm a rock wall. I'm thinking about 
my wife and I are thinking about joining RCA. Um, and I said, well, we start in like three hours. <laughs> and, and he said, okay, let me check with her. So they did and they came. Uh, he at the time was 76. She was 69. Wow. I won't lose their name, so it's fine. They don't care about their, without uh, uh, <laughs> them right for their ages. Um, but they were really excited to come into the church. They were lifelong Baptists. He had actually a master's degree from, uh, when had gone to seminary and had been a missionary in England uh, for six years. So they're coming to it. They read their way into the church, but they were still a little hesitant for some theological reasons. <clears throat> the reason I tell you that is once I showed them formed, oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm not sure. They would watch everything. And so they would be sending me, hey, have you seen this program? Have you seen that one? Oh my gosh. So it was a treasure treasure trove they just opened up they still send me stuff um which is terrific because now they kind of sort through they know what i like and and uh, give me a heads up because they're always adding things so for me that's a terrific one the other one i love is a word on fire with the uh, bishop baron he's just you know public intellectual sharp clear um and he thinks about his audience he's not up in the cosmos he can do that but he's really down and makes it basic um and so I love and his short videos are, are terrific. So those are the two I would say initially, but I understand here we also have UD offers classes. Yeah. So yeah. we, we try to bring in some speakers on a regular base. We bring in some professors from UD okay. um, in both the fall and the spring on Sunday mornings and we offer classes. So that's great for minimal price. You get you know, a university professor teaching you things for those who would like to go deeper and are ready for that stage. It's very fascinating. Um, and of course there are other, speakers that we try to bring in on a regular basis. But I, I really encourage everyone to get online and check out Formed because it is yeah. underutilized and the material there is great. And as you said, you know, there are a lot of programs that are built for small faith sharing groups. Yes. And I know a lot of people within our community are starting to do that to outreach within the communities and they, they're looking for resources. So whether you use opening the word, which is specifically the Sunday readings, and actually there's a leader's guide in there. So it Actually, it will guide you through everything you need to say and ask um, or other series. If you and your spouse or significant other on a Friday night want to dive into your faith, you know, there are different programs on there that you can watch and really talk about. So uh, I would encourage people to take a look at that. Right. You know, I think we had a le um, one of our podcast episodes a couple weeks ago was on discipleship. And we talked about this little formula of know, grow and go. Right. So, you know, know having that encounter with God and then grow is getting to know him more deeply so that you can go and be on mission and share that with others. So it's such a huge part of our faith and it's just never ending. It's right. a lifelong journey for all of us. So I definitely encourage. And, you know, one of the great things that we have now um, is that it meets us where we are just as God does. So whether you're able to go to a church workshop or series, if you have the availability, but if maybe you're a busy parent and you don't have someone to watch your kids or your schedule is just too tight, having the ability to get online and do that yourself. Um, I think that's a great off offering for our families and listeners. Can I offer another one, which is the Reach More program? Oh yes, please do. <laughs> it, it's terrific. And so um, Emily and Alfredo, um, Ramirez Silva were the kind of uh, facilitators for this, the first program, I guess we offered here. And so I was, I volunteered to be involved with that, which was terrific. So it got me uh, an opportunity to meet a number of different parishioners. I was new to the parish um, because COVID hit and everything kind of shut down. Mm -hmm. So, and we did most of that online, um, but it works on 
discipleship, it works on prayer life and evangelization. And for me, evangelization is important because to be able to explain your faith, you have to know your faith. Um, and I think that's important. And to put yourself out there, it reinforces, right, your faith. Um, it doesn't mean you're getting in people's face, but you're looking for opportunities to minister to people in, in caring ways, right, not offensive ways. Um, and so that, I think it's important if we really care about our faith, we have to put it out there and look for opportunities to do that. And often people just want to know that you care, right? Mm-hmm. That you say, hey, I'd like to, can I pray for you? And we learn how to do that too, right? Um, and lead a spontaneous prayer, whatever it is. And again, it's a safe environment. You're not forced out into the world. And it's a small group. Uh, and then from there, you can launch into meeting other people. So I've had a tr- tremendous opportunity to meet folks here, Um and through it reach more and that prompted some other things uh, for me which i so god bless the the parish for doing that yeah and you know speaking about that the reach more program is specifically a training program it's similar to this concept that you mentioned earlier of volunteering to be a catechist or a co-catechist or teacher in a classroom you don't have to know everything actually that's part of the journey is by volunteering and walking through the process you're learning and you're continually learning how to get more comfortable with something or, you know, that, that program in particular teaches methodology, which is great, especially for those who want to be able to go out and have good conversations, but you don't have to have this base of knowledge. We learn it together as a community. So, you know, one of the things about this topic today, it's not just about lifelong formation, but what you mentioned, which I think is really intriguing and maybe people don't really think about this is lifelong and ongoing conversion. So can you talk a little bit about that and maybe how that's different from just lifelong formation? Yeah, the formation. Well, so for me, when I think of conversion, I think of that notion of growing deeper and deeper um, in our relationship with Jesus Christ, right? Our personal relationship grows. It's nurturing that relationship. Um, That's where formation is helpful because sometimes we need some help, right? Um, And so part of this, figuring out where you are in your journey and then trying to dissect that and then grow closer. That's why I like lately, as I said, reading about the mystics and that whole notion of the inner life. That's the other thing that I think that really intrigued me when I was becoming, thinking about becoming Catholic. One was a supernatural world. I hadn't thought about that. Like, oh, angels and saints and all these things going, I can't see. Mm. I thought, what if that's true? That just was mind blowing. I love that idea. And the other was an interior life. Right, and we can conform that life. We can change it. I was lucky because when I was probably junior high school, my uncle taught me how to meditate. Hey, that was a big thing, in California, right back in the, was it, late sixties. Um, so transcendental meditation it wasn't a Buddhist. It's just the notion: how do you turn off the chattering monkey in your head? Mm-hmm. And so I learned how to do that, and that was invaluable. And I was stressed out in college, wherever it was, right, and I still do it today. But what it remind it taught me to do is that you can have you have some control over your thoughts, and there there's an inner life, and it doesn't just have to run away on its own. And so now when I think of conversion. Part of that, if you start about the the stages of spiritual development, getting closer and closer in union to Christ, that same idea works, right? It's turning away from sin. How do you get that out of your life? All the bad stuff, right? Um, and then how do we come closer? closer in the relationship through prayer life, et cetera. So for me, that that's an orderly process and we're going to slip. That's mm-hmm. okay. That's reconciliation all about. We're human and we have to give ourselves, you know, a break. Um, and luck, and there are other people we can 
turn to for help if we're, when we're stumbling. And there are excellent examples from the Catholic Church. We have saints, right? We can point to, and many of them were sinners, right? They stumbled and fell, um, but they're wonderful examples for us. And so for me, that notion of conversion is the exciting part, right? You get up every morning, you're excited. How can I grow closer, right? What can I do? But it has to start there. And that's why um, we talk, at least in RCAA, and this is a, we know that's kind of a revelation for some people, having that personal relationship with Christ. It needs to be communal as well. It's not just Jesus and right. me as a Catholic, um, but this one did in the church, but also we have to have some relationship and we can build in that relationship. But we're, again, it's going to be most fed by prayer life and then the sacraments. Um, without those, good luck. Yeah. You know, I like this this concept of conversion when you think about a conversion event, which for many might be maybe that time you went to mass with your wife right. and you saw people going forward and it made you stop and think, there's something about this. What is that? You know, a conversion event versus a conversion process, which is our life experience of continually reaffirming and renewing our commitment to Christ. Um, you know, putting it into other perspectives, if you think about a marriage, yes. you know, you have your, your marriage ceremony where you say, I do. Um, that's the, the conversion event, right? From your single life to your married life. But if your marriage stays the same at that point, it probably won't last very long. It has to be a continual reaffirmation, um, working hard, the commitment to loving you more, knowing you more, changing, growing together. And I think the same is with our faith is that it's not just, I received my first communion or I had my confirmation, but it's, no, I'm, I'm making the commitment. I'm coming to mass weekly. I'm seeking out the Lord. I want to know him more deeply, but being intentional about it, which I think sometimes we were not. I think that's the thing that I've noticed perhaps with cradle Catholics. It's we take it for granted. Um, and maybe if we don't pursue ongoing faith formation, then we become a little lukewarm. So I think we need to be challenged to be able to recommit ourselves to the Lord um, and strengthen that relationship. Just as with any relationship that we have with, you know, spouse, significant other or friends, if you're not connected, right. you know, you're going to grow right. apart. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that, that love affair you have, right? Mm -hmm. If that you say it's the most important person in my life, but I never talk to that person. I don't visit for maybe once a week, maybe not at all. Um, well, you're not going to have much of a relationship. And so part of that is cultivating that relationship and, it takes a little time, right? But also you talk about discipline. I think there is some discipline required, right? Mm -hmm. Nothing good comes just easy, right? <laughs> um, and so I think sometimes it's easy to go through the motions, right? We had testimonies in some of our men's groups where people would say, oh, it's a one-hour Catholic. Yeah, I'd go. I'd spend, you know, then go home. Um, and I'd put a plug in for you know, various groups. I, I, I've really benefited from men's groups. Um, back in, in Louisville, Kentucky, and then here. As soon as I got here, I made a beeline for the Knights of Columbus. We didn't have them. Our parishes, two parishes I was involved with, Southern Indiana and the one in Louisville, didn't have Knights of Columbus councils. I would have joined. Um, one had a men's group, small but very good. Um, and those are still some of my best friends. And they were wonderful for me as a new Catholic, men of great faith, good fathers, husbands, all that. So I think... Um, getting together with other people who support you is also important because it also, you know, you're part of a community. It's a small group in that sense. Um, so here I would put a plug for Knights of Columbus. Fantastic. Uh, and I just went on the Axe Retreat, which I think is fantastic as well. So I know, you know 40 or 50 men 
I think, pretty darn well and just wonderful guys. Um, not everybody will do all those things, but that's a nice motivation to come to church and you see people you know and you know their heart and it makes a huge difference for your motivation. Yeah. yeah. You know, I really like that that point that you made um, and you mentioned it earlier also about community. It's not just about our relationship with the Lord, but the communal aspect. I was just speaking with someone earlier this week who was sharing with me that they had attempted to try to go to the forum after mass, mm. you know, yeah. to try to meet new people. But they just discovered that it was just the two of them sitting there, right. not right. really socializing with anyone. Um, and, and that was hard. You know, that was a desire that she definitely has is to get to know other people and seek them in the community. And I think that's a really important um, piece to that continual conversion is surrounding you with people who are going to give you the support you need to do that. And sometimes it means we need to go out on a limb, maybe right. to go to a retreat that right. we are hesitant to go to, right. or a sac- it requires a sacrifice on our time, our commitment, or maybe my children and my husband are going to have to make do a weekend without mom so that I can go on it. But it is something right. that's important for our faith um, life and yeah. our faith journey. A volunteer. There are lots of opportunities to volunteer. Some people, and some of them don't require a great deal of time. Um, that's another way of meeting people. I'd like to believe that we'll, you know, I know at St. Anthony's we're working on that notion. We have festivals and things. But some of those, it's if you're new in particular, it becomes hard. And that's one of my big concerns for RCA. We spend a lot of time, and I continually preach this, don't just go through the program and get your sacraments and go home. Look for an opportunity to get involved, meet other people. And I'm trying to be fairly intentional about connecting with people, introducing the people, um, because I think it's the people, my experiences in people who go through RCA, for example, if they connect somehow to the parish, they'll stay involved. Those that don't, it can be a little iffy because if all you do is go to mass, then go home, that gets old real quick. Yeah. You're not part of a community and mass is not the place to chit chat, right? That's not where we do it. Hopefully it's in the narthex or in a building or at homes, right? Yeah. We have small group programs in here and we have other kinds of opportunities. And so you have to seek them out. But I agree, you have to step out your comfort zone. Uh, and you know, sometimes the parish can do a better job of helping people connect if they're new. And so if you don't have a little chutzpah to get in there and ask some questions, um, um, maybe you don't get as connected as, as quickly yeah. You know, I, I hope that our, our parishioners at St. Joseph take the time to read their bulletins because yes. there are yes. definitely a lot of opportunities. That's been um, a big part of our initiative of late is trying to connect the communities by the neighborhood signs, trying to get the different neighborhood groups to host gatherings. Um, we're going to be restarting our welcoming lunches pretty soon as well. So we really desire that for our parishioners, not only to help build the community here, but to help build the community of God. Let me tell you a quick story. Um, so and we have the, the initiative going on, right? Um, and so there's a neighborhood, breaking it down by neighborhood. So I, my wife and I volunteers, yeah, we can help connect people. You know, like to meet people. <laughs> so it's funny, we get a list of in, in Crowley Park neighborhood. And it turns out a fellow I've known for two years is just down the street. And uh, now I see him in a neighbor, and I see him quite a bit. He was actually on retreat. And then another fellow who I just met at retreat, um, he lives in the other street, just over. He's lived for twenty something years. I've been in that neighborhood for two and a half years. I'm, how would I know where they lived, right? So there are people around you, and you start poking out, and you find out you meet more and more people. Um, now we have yard signs, which I think is wonderful, right? Because I say, "Oh, there's another one." My wife and I take walks in the morning. Well, oh, there's another one. I have to talk, knock on their door. Um, which is terrific because they're right there in your neighborhood, but you don't know that. So that's that's a real blessing. I think yeah. the neighborhood program is wonderful. I, I love to see that too. We've been 
trying to discipline our very um, not nice little dog. Oh. <laughs> we tried it. We've been trying to take him on walks and he's, he's the dog that wakes up the whole neighborhood because he's so loud and he barks at everyone. But we figure if we do it enough, you know, maybe he'll calm down and get used to the routine. So as we walk our neighborhood, we've been noticing the same thing, the different signs of the people in the neighborhood. And, and it's exciting to know like, Hey, there are people here. You know, my intention next step is to go knocking on doors and introduce myself, you know, step out of my comfort zone. But I have a little bit of that support by seeing the sign and knowing, Hey, at least they're a believer and we have something in common to kind of start our journey. So hopefully for those of you who are here, um, you're, you'll feel emboldened to do the same. And if you don't already have a yard sign for St. Joseph, feel free to pick them up. We have a whole bunch here at the church. Terrific. Great. Well, it's almost about time to start with our tools. I guess before we do that, Jamie, do you have anything else that you would like our listeners to know regarding adult faith formation and lifelong conversion? Uh, if you like bite-sized chunks, if you don't want big programs, there's two I really like. One's the St. Philip Institute, which is the uh, Diocese of Tyler, Texas. And I've forgotten, it's, I think it's, um, so they've got a whole, uh, they've got a book you can purchase. It's fairly inexpensive use for RCA, but they also have little videos. And it's really broken down by the catechism, but they've done a very nice job. Um, and so there's some, some of my favorite videos. If you want short bits and pieces, if you don't know your faith that well, but you don't want to read the catechism, it's a little too much, you want a four or five minute video to break it down, that's a terrific resource. Um, so that's, oh, the other one would be Three Minute Theology out of the uh, Diocese of Nashville. And that's a wonderful, I mean, literally she does two minutes and 35 seconds on everything. And, um, and it's an ongoing program. And so... Uh, Again, if you're looking for explanations of theological terms or ideas of the mass, um, she breaks it down really well. So, Great. Thank yeah. you so much for sharing that. <clears throat> and again, I'll say for those of you who are looking for opportunities to volunteer, there are a plethora of ways that you can get involved at the parish. And, you know, if you're interested in teaching as a way to teach yourself, you don't have to be a parent. You can be a grandparent. Um, we would love for you to reach out to us. So with that, we are going to jump into our tools for this episode, and I have two in particular that I want to focus on. Um, first of all is I am going to challenge our listeners to just take some time to discern and think what area of your faith do you feel is lacking, that you just feel like if someone were to step up to you on the street and ask you about it, you wouldn't know how to respond. So whether that's um, relating to ethics and moral values and issues or specific church teachings or scripture, Take some time to think what it is that you just feel like needs to be strengthened. And then the kicker, find a program that can help strengthen you and your ability to be able to talk on that subject. Um, and I say start with the one that you're the weakest in because probably that's something that might be you're avoiding it because it's fearful or it sounds too hard or scary. And so that's the perfect one to tackle. Let's just go for the big elephant in the room and start there. So that's tool number one is take some time to pray and discern and then go for it. And then the second tool that I have to offer is specifically regarding our relationship with the Lord. Um, and I would just encourage our listeners to take some time, very intentional and specific, to just be in prayer and in communion with the Lord. So whether that's in front of the Blessed Sacrament, an hour of adoration, or signing up for a retreat, just taking time to strengthen that relationship so that you can renew your commitment to conversion, to saying yes to the Lord. Any other thoughts? Adoration. Wonderful. Get a suntan. S-O-N-T-A-N. <laughs> I love that. Sitting in front of, right? Um, yeah, 
So I'll share one thing. We had a young priest, and I was at uh, Church of the Holy Spirit in Louisville. He was there for two years, and this is just, just after I moved there, so I may be a Catholic for three or four years. I didn't know what adoration was, never introduced to it. He came and started it, and he challenged the men to come, so we would come. And at first it was a little weird because I just didn't know what to do. Um, but I became more comfortable with it, and then he, he was moved. It would be in the three or four months, and he challenged us. You're going to continue on, so we did, and we led adoration, number of men in the priest there for a number of years. I fell in love with it. What a wonderful experience. And did you say get a suntan? Sun, S-O-N, yeah, get a suntan. Perfect thing for the summer to work on your suntan in front of the Holy um, Blessed Sacrament. Awesome. Well, Jamie, thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate you just sharing your testimony and all the rich resources that you have. And of course, your service to the parish community. And I would like to thank you listeners for listening to this episode of St. Joseph's Workshop. Remember, we are all a work in progress, so be sure to tune in next time to gain new tools to help you build the church at home. I'd like to conclude with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord God, King of Kings, we praise you and we thank you, for you are so good. We thank you, Lord God, for this opportunity to discern how we can grow closer to you and continue to renew our heart's desire to be in relationship with you. And we just ask, Lord God, that you will bless us, bless that desire, that we may be able to grow in relationship. And we ask specifically, Lord, that you will be with our listeners and help them continue to seek you and all that they do. We ask all of this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.